Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, I want to take a real quick minute at the top of the show here just to talk about a new video series we're doing on the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel. Uh, We've talked about this a little bit on the show. It's our Diesel Minute. Okay. What is it? What does it all entail? So really what we're doing is just doing kind of quick truck profiles. Okay. So we're grabbing all sorts of different vehicles, uh, Duramax, Cummins, Power Stroke, we don't care, and all sorts of different horsepower builds. So we recently just published one on that 2009 F-250 that we talked about last week. Okay. Tim Mahoney's truck, that's 570 horsepower, tune-only performance. 2019, you said 2019, 2019. I'm okay. sorry. Okay, my bad. Sorry. My bad. Uh, and then, of course, we also have the 800 horsepower 2006 Cummins yeah. uh, that we've been kicking some ass with here lately as well. Mm-hmm. So these are just quick videos. Uh, we figured you guys would like to just see a little bit more about the trucks and the stuff that we build here and stuff that we kind of get a, get our hands on. Uh, so we'll be bringing you company trucks, employee trucks, customer trucks, pretty much anything we can. So keep awesome. an eye out for that Look stuff. Look forward to that. That'd be fun. Absolutely. Um, One of the other things that I've really enjoyed doing is putting together our Exergy Performance Diesel Stories. Now, these are kind of what I call conglomerate stories. So a lot of little truths put all into one fictional story. Uh, So this week, I got one here. So this is the real, like, asking for a friend. Yes, exactly. Well played. I tow a car trailer all over the country. Putting on forty to 60,000 miles a year is totally normal to me. Over the last five years, I've gone through three trucks, a VP44 Cummins, a third-gen Cummins, and now I just got a 2018 F450. This dude's on the come-up. <laughs> the new truck is a dream. It has every new doodad and gadget they could fit in there. Feels like I'm piloting a spaceship more than driving a diesel, and it's quiet, almost too quiet if you ask me. I miss the clattering sound of diesel of diesel combustion as the RPMs start to sing along with the classic turbocharger whistle. The new truck does more than just look pretty, though. Uh, We've upgraded to a three-place trailer this year and got bigger truck to go along with it. In the past, even with the smaller trailers and less weight behind us, trucks would struggle coming through places like Arizona, Colorado, and even out east around Georgia. I would really push the truck to their limits as we're climbing through those really hot, high elevation, hard grades. Now, nowadays, I actually watch the road instead of my gauges as we're climbing the big grade. Stopping is easier, taking off is easier. Hell, even backing up the goose to the gooseneck is easier. But for some reason, I still miss my old Cummins. There's literally no reason for this. (laughs) The F450 is better in every single measurable way. Power, torque, comfort, reliability, everything is better. But I long for the feeling of my old truck. The noise, the smell, the panic of towing over a mountaintop and wondering if it's going to make it or going to blow up. Is this nostalgia? Is this insanity? Why would I ever want to spend countless hours, days, weeks, hell, months of my life in a truck that's inferior in every single way? So, so Chris, I, I put this story together after after thinking about a few guys that we actually have talked to here in the shop. And I, I know you're smiling right now as, as we've gone through this. We get guys who get into these brand new trucks that have every single upgrade on earth. And they still, they fall back into talking about their old truck. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think even for me, I've been around diesel for a long time, but man, I still just have a hard time understanding. Like, what what is it that draws people back to those old Cummins as they were driving around with them? 
I think if you were to ask me that, I mean, Nick, uh, me and Nick pregnant have had this conversation a couple times. You know, you always think of, you know, that 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 vehicle or that thing that got you involved in, you know, what what you do in the day to day now. Right. In vague, broad terms um, for myself, you know, I mean, uh, an older second gen Dodge, if you see a nice one going down the road or you hear one, you know, you kind of, you know, shake your head. You're like, damn, that's nice. Um, <laughs> you know, years ago, you know, growing up, you know, my dad would always look at like the mid early 80s Cadillacs, you yeah. know, and, and stuff like that. And I I never understood why he liked those years. Like he liked the newer stuff, you know, don't get him That's wrong. a hideous segment of Cadillac. Exactly. But <laughs> that was the era that he had and, and grew up with, you know. Sure. So, well, not grew up with, but he had at that time. You know, now, you know, us uh, approaching or exceeding our 30s, um, growing up in an area myself, like uh, around water and being around boats, you know, growing up, you know, now you start looking, I'm starting to get some interest in boats. And I always find the late, middle, late 90s and early 2000s era of boats and offshore world, you know, speedboats, those are the boats that I'm into. Yeah. So I was actually just having this conversation with my dad the other day, and it's like, you know, pricing is a big thing. Older boats are still very expensive, depending on, you know, motors and, and setups and things like that. Very, very, very expensive. Yeah. But, you know, it's just the look. It's that nostalgic look. There is. Um, it's almost like whatever I liked when I was eight years old, that's what I'm going to love forever. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> going to this, you know, I... I driving, you know, R450 around and, and having, you know, access to other vehicles and, and owning other vehicles in the past, everything kind of has a spot, you know, would I want to tow 18,000, 15,000 pounds in a second gen Dodge? Not a shot in hell. <laughs> Not um, anymore. A yeah. third gen Dodge, it can definitely do it a little bit better, but is it going to feel, and not necessarily just pulling, right? Right. We're talking about how heavy do you have to apply the throttle? How does the braking system work? How aggressive do you have to get on the brakes to slow down? You know, how much does the coolant temperature spike in between going, you know, getting in the motion and getting that load up and going versus when it plateaus and levels off and you're maintaining speed going down the freeway? You know, as, as technology advances, yeah, you don't have that erratic idle or that, you know, that diesel fume smell, which I don't miss, by the way, whatsoever. Right. Um, but it's just it's crazy to me to see how far and how advanced technology has gotten, cost of the vehicles, the whole nine yards. And then you're sitting there driving this new truck, but you're breaking your neck at the 15, <laughs> 20-year-old truck. So, I mean, they all have their place. Yeah, so. there is something to it, right? Awesome, man. Uh, well, hey, I, I think this one will really peak up your interest here, guys. <laughs> so this is the WC Fab from Facebook segment. Uh, big shout out to the guys uh, over at Worley Custom Fabrication for for always being a, a good sponsor here. Uh, I got a message, and I believe this came through on the Diesel Performance Podcast Q&A okay. Facebook group, which I have yet to rename. Hey, if you guys got suggestions for what we should rename that group, message them over to us. I I need help with that. Paul needs a lot of help. Trust me. <laughs> All right. This is from Garrett Bravo. Guys, love the podcast. I know Chris likes bullet points, so I tried to make it easy to read. Garrett, it's literally almost the whole thing's in bullet points. Garrett, man, you're looking out, dude. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, he, he gives me a little side note here. He says, also, I've listened to every single podcast and am a mechanical engineer if that saves any time probably saves us a lot of time yeah all right i'd like to order injectors and an s400 overstock setup match together with the inf with the info above what is a good match of injector size and s400 turbo i'm guessing 30 percent over injectors and an s475 s471 or s472 sxe 
what would be the right size turbo and AR for a G56 truck on 35s with 342 gears? Money matters, so really don't want to pay the, the extra cash for the 472 SXE unless it's really the best turbo for the application. Again, I don't want more than 650 horsepower. And also, I don't want to spin the truck above 3,000 RPM in order to light a big atmospheric turbo. Here's the truck, 0659 G56, four-door short bed, 4x4 on 35s, and re-geared to 342, 135,000 original miles. Mods, got a fleece lift pump, South Bend clutch, cold air, 5-inch uh, exhaust, ATS intake elbow, uh, some EFI live tunes, and looks like planning on building his own in the future. Truck is used as a weekend driver, road trips, tows medium-sized camp trailer to the desert, hauls my Toyota rock crawler. End state. Uh, love this. 650 horsepower will only dyno once to print and frame the dyno ticket. <laughs> I just love that. Uh, keep stock CP3 until it is worn out. Go anywhere, do anything, fun truck. Plan on keeping it forever. Awesome. Yeah, and then... Just, uh, yeah. So uh, a couple things that I, you know, I touch on, you know, if I was on the phone with Garrett, um, number one, you know, uh, the stock CP three is going to hinder you. Uh, there's a difference between making 650 horsepower on a dyno to chase a number versus, you know, really making a bulletproof 650 horse number that, you know, even on the stingiest of dynos, the truck is going to be able to support that. Sure. Um, you know, the stock CP3 wanting to maintain that as long as possible, that's going to be a limiting factor. I have seen stock CP3 support this on like our dyno here in house. Um, but to really hit that targeted 650 number, we're probably going to have to do something in, in the injection. Well, don't we realm. usually run out of pump before injectors on these five nines no i mean i we've seen on jim brennan's truck you know he made 650 yeah um he had a 50 horse injector with a stock cp3 pump and a stell 64 okay so it's achievable but you know 130,000 mile truck uh that that pump has fuel gone through it you don't know how uh, the quality of that fuel the, the health of the pump the pump can hold and maintain rail pressure beautifully now but once you really start leaning on the injection on time and really start leaning on you know getting that truck to achieve 600 plus that's where things are going to get a little sticky. Yeah. Um, so you know, with that, you know, if, if the target is 650, pump and injector is going to have to be replaced. Um, if if you wanted to, you know, back that down 50 horsepower, I mean, the difference between six and 650. Let's face it, there's not much there. You could get away with a pump, stock pump, stock injector, do 600, and just need to do the fuel, especially there to back it up. Especially if you're budget conscious. Exactly. And the thing for me is, is you know, I don't think we need to get into injectors right now. You know, let's get the air side squared away. That way, you can grow into that when the Feel injectors what 600 need to horsepower be is. Exactly. As far as turbocharger selection goes, I mean, I would be cost sensitive as well. I would say if you could find a 471 for the right price, that is more than enough airflow to support that power number. Um, but I would run a tighter exhaust housing. I'd go with you know a, like a 115 housing, which is uh, not not standard. You know the 132 AR is standard, but the 115 is becoming very popular and it's very cost effective. I mean, I've driven stock injector, stock fuel trucks with a 475 stocker kit, and it drives great. I, run, I mean, it gives you everything you want. This what is, what would be the benefit of going to the 471? One is there is there enough of a cost difference there to make I, it worth it? I don't think so. I think it's just what you can get your hands on right away. To be completely honest, both turbochargers are going to suffice at that six six fifty power number. Yeah. Um, I believe you know on on like the the fifteen Ram that's a technically a seventy one millimeter inducer. Right. Um. You know, and that will do seven hundred horsepower. So you know you you don't. It, 
whether it's a 75 or 71, it's not going to matter. I would not recommend investing the money into a 72 SXE. No. The cost is, is is not worth what you're going to spend versus what you're going to gain. Yeah, the only time I think I would, I would recommend that turbo, I think, is we were talking about big singles the other day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a different If you want to run a big single, I, I think that's that's more yeah, the yeah. line I would walk somebody down. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but for a twin kit, I, I just I'm if, right there with you. If you I were don't to do a 475 or a 471 with piping, you're going to be into the kit for around three grand. If you were to tag an SXE into that, you just bumped up another twelve fifteen hundred bucks. It just yeah. it doesn't make sense. Um, the one thing in which I would recommend the 75 over the 71 is sometimes you just want a little more. Right, and he hasn't replaced injectors or pump yet. The cost difference between a seventy-one and a seventy-five, there's nothing. It, we're talking yeah, I... pennies on the dollar. Um, so if it was me and I was specking it out, I would just go right into a seventy-five, knowing that the seventy-five stock kit with a one-five housing with proper fueling will do seven fifty wheel horsepower. Right. Um, again, you don't want that right now, and I'm not saying you're going to. But right now is the time that you need to make the purchase, and we have to be cautious in, 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 in the money that's being spent. Do it now. That way you don't have to sell a used turbo, lose your ass, buy a new turbocharger. The 71 to 75, there's no piping modifications that would generally right, take it, place. Yeah, it's, but it's more or less like the headache of having to sell a used turbo and dealing with that and then buying a new turbo, having it powder-coated to match, and you know the disassembly and reassembly. So yeah. I would just go with 475, 1.5 housing, call it a day. As far as pumping injectors, um, again, this is where things get really screwy because you could throw like a 30% over. If the stock pump is healthy, you'll get closer to that 650 number. I don't know. On price difference, though, I might even tell them just grab the 100 horsepower from Bosch. Oh, well, you know, if we're... if. Again, if the if me and Garrett were having a conversation directly, I would be coaching him a little differently. Yeah. Um, they don't do Bosch Motorsport uh, 100 horse. Oh, it's a five nine. So yeah, uh, yeah we could do, do the Bosch Motorsport 100 horse injector, brand new per exergy. Uh, they work well, phenomenal. They're very nice to calibrate. And more than um, enough. Very injector. efficient. More than enough injector. It's a 700 horse injector. Um, you know, I, I don't think I would be recommending like a 50 horse. I would, a little bit more. Yeah. Kind of scale things back. I don't. I don't like to lean on the edge of something. No. Right, no. we, we like to know that that we left a little bit of wiggle room up top. Yeah, so. and uh, you know, then everything kind of comes down the pump. So, Garrett, if you have any questions, feel free message me direct, call me. My extension over at the shops twenty one twenty one, eight one five five six eight seventy nine twenty. God, um, shameless plug there. Yeah, and I would be more than happy to go more in depth <laughs> with you in regards to the build and things that I've seen in the past. Um, but I think you're on a really good path, and you have a really nice, you know, modest goal in mind for a very reliable, fun driving truck. So. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, guys, I know usually the the part of the show you're the most excited to hear <laughs> is going to be our special guest. And our special guest always presented by Calibrated Power. Of course, they're the home of where we work. Today, we have a not-so-special guest. And I say that not because you, you aren't special, Chris, uh, but because it's Chris Emke and you guys hear him talk every week. Yeah. So, so Chris Emke, how the hell are you, bud? Man, today's been a... Today's been a day. Yeah. Uh, my workload is a little bit more over the top than than usual. Um, well, you've been cutting out of work early. I have been cutting out of work early, and that's starting to uh, you know uh, that's starting to build up. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of emails, a lot of messages back. So any of our listeners, if I deal with you on a day to day basis, I'm sorry. I'm like a 24 hour turnaround on emails right now. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Dude. doing what I can. But uh, yeah, I've been jetting out, taking like third days, half days type thing for uh, what we got going on over at the shop. So, Because we're going sled pulling. It's we, uh, goddamn sled pull season. Five years I've been here, <laughs> over five years. Uh, been around sled pulling for about nine. 
Um, never hooked to a trailer before. Seen it for years. Never They're called really been sled. my thing. Not a trailer. Yeah, same thing. And, I know you're uh, still learning. And uh, yeah, I've uh, I've I've had the luxury of uh, getting involved firsthand now. So. So, so the 06 Cummins, the 800 horsepower 06 Cummins yep. that we did the diesel minute on, you're piloting this thing. You, you, you and, and one of our tuners. Yeah. So, uh, sharing the responsibility. When, you know, a little background, you know, we kind of talked about it in a prior pro- podcast. Uh, you and I, mm-hmm. Paul and I, a couple other guys at the shop, we kind of, you know, pre planned what does sled pull season look like this year for 2019. Um, and Timmy and I decided that we could uh, co pilot uh, the, the white 06. Um, he took it out for one of the first events and he's been out of town uh me and him kind of discuss things so i will be piloting the truck the rest of the season or as many pulls as we have left yeah so we yeah. are so organized that we decided let's get into sled pull season 25 percent of the way through it uh yes yeah. <laughs> so the first 25 percent starts at the beginning of the year we didn't right. start this process until literally the end of may beginning of june yeah july and 31st was our first poll yeah july 31st was our first poll yeah. and it's been 100 miles an hour ever since yeah so we we've been doing some long nights i got to do a long night with you the other day in milledgeville uh yeah. we got some videos on all the polls guy go Guys, go and check them out. They're going to be on Duramax Tuner's YouTube channel and, of course, on the Facebook page. And I, I know also on the Instagram feed. Um, but, but, Chris, the truck has been kicking ass. Yeah. I'm, Timmy pulled the first place in it. He had a technical difficulty. In the second and then, pull. And then everything you've pulled, the three pulls you've done, all first places. Yeah. Um, you know, the the truck, you know, we, we've advertised and we've we've made it you know publicly known that the, the truck itself has made over 800 wheel horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am not operating the truck at that power level. We are trying some different wastegate settings, uh, trying some different tune strategy and things like that. But uh, the truck has has been at a you know a, a lower 700 horse number all season right. so far. Um, there's, I mean, the truck. I'm learning. I don't want to be in a truck that's more power than than what I need for the class. Sure. Um, and I want to get my feet wet. Like I said, I. I've done one sled pull one time two years ago in a 500-horse LML at our local fair, and it wasn't much. The track really wasn't prepped. It was like sand, right? Yeah. Now I'm, I'm dealing with you know guys in our area who, you know, uh, we've, uh, the Tordai brothers, uh, Drew and Joey, um, they've been uh, on the podcast in the past. The last year, they did 28 hooks. Yeah. Like, these are, these are like professional. Joe Tordai won our style shootout yeah, last year. Yeah, won our style shootout yeah. last year. Like, the kids don't fuck around. They are impressive. They have a, a dedicated semi-trailer and truck that they haul two trucks with at every pull. Um, they're traveling, you know, out of state to go to shows or to go to uh, pulls now. Like, in, in myself going in there, like, I, again, I've been to these things. Um but never operated firsthand. It's much different than the drag racing and and, and, and that type of stuff that I, I have a little bit more experience with. Right. You get one hook one time, you either bring it or you don't. <laughs> and I get really bad like anxiety and I get very nervous when I'm in front of like a crowd of people, all eyes are on you and you're the one backing up to the trailer or to the sled. You're the one staging the sled. You're the one launching the truck and, you know, finger could be pointed and you could be laughed at and that's literally what's going through my mind as i'm getting prepared for this so i really got to stop doing that to you while i'm holding the camera yeah yeah yeah. so (laughs) you know it uh you know everyone that's been in the work stock class for isp this year they've been very welcoming um you know helping me giving some tips what a great group of guys honestly like no lie man. well when we were in milledgeville so to put it into perspective everyone has a job everyone's working everyone's busting ass to make it to these to these sled pulls um sled that that event for us was over two hours away yeah you and i worked all day we uh we literally left work at about an hour and a half early 
Well, and, an, um, hour. Yeah. an hour. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, we jetted, you know, over, uh, you know, roughly 100 miles one way, you know, to get to this to get to this poll. And, you know, some some common faces, you know, that we've seen in the past, some familiar faces, some unfamiliar faces. And uh, we're getting all ready to weigh in and everyone's, you know, getting the truck on the scale, this and that. And everyone just came together as one big group. And, you know, I come from, you know, a, a background of, you know, if, if you're going to compete, it's like, yo, fuck that guy. Like, you're going <laughs> to beat that guy. Like, he is not as good as you. And we're getting in the truck, and I kind of have my head down. Everyone's like, man, good luck. You know, hope you do a good pull, this and that. And it's just like, that is a breath of fresh air. Put on a show. Yeah. That's what I heard everybody say. Like, let's just just put on a show. And then after the poll, you know, they come up like, dude, that was a badass poll. You did so good, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you did a good job as well. And, you know, the track, you know, you start critiquing the track and what the track looked like. And everyone, you know, towards the end of the pack, their their eyes are watching every truck. And, okay, well, where are the imperfections in the track? How was the track prepped? And these are things, you know, for years being around this, I never really paid attention nor gave a shit. I always heard references. I always made fun of the guys walking around with sticks, poking the track. I'm no, like, come on, come on, bro. There's a come real on. thing. No, no, it's it's yeah. legit. And like, you know, for myself, you know, three pulls uh, over the last like week and a half. And every time I have approached the launching of the truck a little differently and it has paid in, in favor to me. Um, but just for someone to sit there and say it's boring, you sit there, you hit the brake, you stage the truck and you just floor it. That is so far from the truth. It's not even funny. I don't know why you got to quote me on the podcast. I'm just, saying, I'm just joking. Like, I'm just joking. You know, there is. You know, do you do you leave hard? Do you leave soft? Do you leave hard? Do you go half throttle? Do you go full throttle? How far do you go into you apply full throttle? Are you gaining traction? Or are you not? In the in a Cummins, you know, we have a, a converter lockup switch. So making sure that the truck rubs out of first into second, the minute it hits second, locking up the converter. Last night we had an issue where you know the 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 track had couple like ripples I would say around the 100 150 foot mark and the truck started like you know moving back and forth you know up and down getting wheel hop yeah and I just kept looking at turbo boost on the edge and vehicle speed turbo boost on the edge vehicle speed and I didn't lose boost and I didn't lose vehicle speed so I didn't get out of it if I was going to start losing something I would have backed out of it and it it worked in my favor yeah you know but so much to learn it's it's such a really 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 good experience and you know talking to the guys and they're like oh you know how long you've been doing this blah 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 I was like well Last Saturday was my first hook. You know, this is my <laughs> second. Like, uh, I thought that kid was going to spit right on yeah, your shoes. Yeah, yeah for but real. It, it's been a lot of fun. Everyone's very accommodating, so I'm, I'm very, very, um, I'm pleased. I'm very blessed to, to have people like that. You know, that are willing to welcome us. That's great, man. Yeah, no, it, it has. The, the crowd has been great. Uh, the the group of guys that we pull with with Illini State pullers uh, have just been awesome. They've been so so much fun to hang out in the pits. Because like you mentioned, Milledgeville. Yeah, we, so we drove two hours down there. We checked in. Uh, 15 minutes late, no big deal. Yeah. Um, and then we stood around for three hours. Yeah, no. I, I mean, and, I, and and what what do you do? Because like you know, sure, you and I know each other. There's one or two other guys like yeah. we know that go to all these polls. Uh, but like, yeah, we we just hung out with all of the other work stock guys, yeah. and it was really cool to hear about some of their builds, hear about what some of them are doing, mm-hmm. um, and seeing guys who who honestly, at the end of the track, one of the things I was really shocked about, um, 500. 500, 550 horsepower truck, 700 horsepower truck, mm-hmm. a foot and a half away from each other at the end of the track. Yeah. You know, I mean, one of, I mean, I'll just, I'm going to dive into something here. You know, uh, you, uh, Justin Tyson, our media, one of our media guys, he, uh, he posted something that ISP had shared in regards to like the shootout. And the, yeah. and the shootout is something that, yes, Calibrated Power did sponsor. Um, and the, truck the white ram did make it to those events you know is is our scheduled plan and yes uh piloting the truck we had won that 
right? This isn't a shop-sponsored truck. This is a truck that you know has components that anyone can buy off the shelf. This is a legal turbocharger, legal fuel system, the whole nine yards. With a driver that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> right? Like, this isn't some professional driver that's been doing this for years. Like... I'm lucky to you know turn on turn on my turning signal and, and turn on the main road properly. So you know it's just it, it's it's one of those things where we have some guys where they are true professionals and they know exactly what to do and when to do it. They have guys like myself who, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't. It. I, I'm just you know I'm just I'm here. I'm trying to have fun. I want to enjoy it. Well, you know, you know what I thought was cool, Chris, was that we got a quick rundown from Nick, somebody who has a lot of sled pull experience, um, and, and we went through some instructions and I heard at the track the first couple of nights you guys all talking to each other because we have three drivers so yeah. it's you uh, we've had on Joe Hager and, we and then we also have Mike Gutschel uh, piloting his LML so so we have kind of a crew there and a couple of trucks in the class that you know uh, again we can go as a team and yeah. we, we really like that that atmosphere and that mentality of going to do it like that uh, but I, I heard you guys while we were lined up while the first truck was pulling asking each other okay What's your run through process? Yep. Like when you get into the truck and you you pull back up to the sled, what do you do next? Walk our listeners through it, man. Like oh. what what do you do when you go sled pulling this thing? So I think the the main thing, you know, a, a lot of these guys, it's their personal trucks, you know, it's this, it's that. For myself, if I come back and I did something very foolish, like I have Nick in my back ear, like what the fuck were you thinking? Why did this happen? So that's first and foremost. Like he's like he's like father figure to me, big brother figure to me. So like I don't want to deal with that. Um, you get in the truck and right away my nerves are starting to get a little you know on edge. Yeah. Right away four wheel low. So before I even put it in drive, the truck started four wheel low. I let the truck idle for about 15, 20 minutes prior just to get coolant temps up. You know, get the the oil you know worked in. You know. Sure. I don't want to run a cold engine. So uh, four low. Uh, OD off, so tow haul OD off, so that's all done. Um, deep breaths, a, a lot of deep <laughs> breaths. Like um, at that point, like my anxiety. I, I'm not gonna lie. Last night, I was literally about to say, I don't want to do this. Have someone else drive. Like that. There was there was a lot of people there. Yeah, you know, a lot of people that I know, a lot of people that I don't know, a lot of people that I hope I don't get to meet. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, it's just it, it's one of those things where my my nerves and my anxiety do get the best of me. And I feel like as I get older, it gets a little worse. But eh, whatever. Um, so then it was um, two trucks, and then it or it was yeah, it was two one truck, and then Joe Hager, and then me. So I was third in, in the mix. Um, and uh, you know, I just calmed down watching Joe. You know, Joe has a uh, a 2017, you know, L5P, pretty much stock truck. It's tuned in traction bars, and he's been fucking killing it. Yeah, every pole too. Like, that truck looks good at the pole. It does. Like yeah. that is the for an emissions on truck that is no crowd favorite because it it's not loud, doesn't blow smoke. <laughs> it's recognized, and it is a, a favorite amongst you know the the, the crew there. Um, yeah. So that happens. I wait to get the signal to pull in. You know, I pull in, uh, back up, get set up. Tension on the chain, right? And then I get the green flag. Now it's game on, baby. You know, uh, hit the brake, start applying boost. First pull, I left on 10 pounds. Tires didn't spin. Uh, I didn't pull over 300 feet. I think I pulled like 280 some feet, uh, which was uh, good for first place. I put about four and a half feet on guy in second place. Yeah. Come to find out, the guy in second place uh, has a lot more turbo. Uh, 
the trucks make more power. Like simple as that, right? So that tells me that the suspension and things like that are set up, or that the calibration is operating in an efficient, an efficient manner in our benefit, right? Right. Um, second pull after talking to colleagues here and whatnot, you got to leave harder. Got to leave harder. And then touching base and thinking of old videos of uh, Tyler Franzen last year with uh, Project Connect. So I left on uh, the second pull. I left on like 14 pounds. Right. The truck started pushing through the brake. That was Milledgeville. Um, Pulled 310 there, put, I want to say, like eight feet. On, yeah, it was something like that. On second place. Um, and again, I'm not changing the tune up. Nothing's changed in that perspective. This is just me launching the truck and running the truck. Last night was a little different. Last night, I had left the truck on about 18 pounds, let off the brake, tires just start spinning, right? And like it was violent, you know, just as it, as it went. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was able to maintain 25 mile an hour uh, at Milledgeville. Last night was about 26. Um, and yesterday at 26 mile an hour, I was able to pull a, a 320 foot yeah. uh, pull. Now the the gentleman that came in second place was the same gentleman that came to second place uh, with me on uh, Milledgeville. Okay. Um, and he pulled. I want to say it was like a 302 ish, and he pulled 304, 306, or something like that. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, a 312 because there was about nine feet, eight, eight, nine feet last night difference as well. Um, so just the different launching, you know, like that, that's everything. And then, well, yeah. well, I think it's funny we talk about that, right? Because some of those places we had a really wet, sticky, red dirt clay yeah. kind of track. And then when we get into that drier stuff, like you were talking about McHenry County in the past and some other places we've mm -hmm. been where it's that real dry and dusty, you know, you're just not going to be able to leave yeah, as hard. Right. You're, you're just, if you spin off the gate, yep. you're, you're not going to pass the 250 yep. mark. Uh, but yeah, man, when, when we know that that stack, is, that track is sticky and we know that we're going to get traction, mm -hmm. get hell, let her go, yeah. you, you know, get, launch it a little harder. That seems to be paying off. And I think it's interesting that this has given us the opportunity to test some of the theories we've heard guys talk about yeah. because we hear all, I need more RPM. I mean, every time yeah. spring rolls around, we all laugh about who's going to get the yeah. first sled puller who wants 5,000 RPM in his Duramax, like, you know. Your S three hundred's never going to need that RPM. And I think one of the things that's really crazy to me is, you know, like the the work stock class this year, like they're they're not they're not very big advocates on teching. Yeah. And there was a lot of guys not willing to pop their hoods. Um, I had popped the hood yesterday when we were at Boone County, which uh, Belvedere, Illinois, and guys are looking, scratching their head. They're like, "What the? F what is like? There's, no there <laughs> guys, there's nothing so impressive. Like, hopefully, we can just have the hood popped, you know, for the the intro to this thing, like to this podcast, because like it is a stock bone stock looking motor with head studs. Like, yeah. it, it just, there's nothing there impressive. Absolutely. It's impressive that it does what it does. It's not impressive <laughs> the way it looks. But uh, but no, like I said, I mean it. It allows me to you know come in tune a little bit more when I have guys call in talking about sled pulling. You know, I was able to regurgitate information on that. You know, drag racing. I had some you know um, experience experience yeah. in driving trucks on a daily basis, towing. You know, definitely. But sled pulling, been around it, never done it firsthand. So it's been a, a real treat for me. It's awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much um, for, for jumping in here, talking to our listeners a little bit about kind of what it feels like to be out there sled pulling. Yeah. Any advice you would give to somebody who's thinking about making one of these last probably four or five pulls of the year? Do it. Don't think about it. Don't just go out there and try it. Don't be afraid. You know, if you don't do well the first couple times, it is an adrenaline rush like anything I've ever experienced. You got to try it once or twice at least. Um, and I, I honestly, I can see where the addiction comes in. Like it's fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going to these now. Like it, it's, it's a ton of fun. So, um, and also do some research, you know, know, uh, 
There are some supporting modifications that you should probably do to the truck suspension-wise. Some simple, cheaper modifications just to ensure that you don't have any failures take place if uh, you hit, you know, a, a, a spot in the ground where the truck starts getting wheel hop and the sled actually hits the truck. Yeah. That could potentially happen. Bump stops sled are stops, cheap. Yeah. Bump stops, things like that. So um, things like that, but I would honestly encourage anyone to at least give it a try. I love it. Good stuff, man. Well, thank you so much, Chris, and thanks for listening. This has been Paul Wilson and Chris Hempel. Have a great day. I know Chris likes bullet points, so I tried to make it easy to read. Garrett, it's literally almost the whole thing's in bullet points. Garrett, man, you're looking out, dude. I appreciate that. <laughs>